Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in our lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of all trades, and today I am joined by Marnie Luck, who is a naturopathic doctor, a motorcycle rider, an entrepreneur, a community builder, and more. She owns and runs her own clinic, organizes events for multiple communities, and helps raise funds for charity. Marnie's pronouns are she and her. Welcome to the show, Marnie. Thank you. I'm super pumped to be here. Yes, we uh, we had a lot of fun in, in the pre-show lobby uh, coordinating outfits. <laughs> Um, ready to go (laughs) yeah this is is a fun little thing that I like to do with the guests when they're you know when they're up when they're in the like kind of right uh, mood for it is just kind of coordinating and having a bit of fun uh, with that so I love that we got a gold theme it's it's a first for this show (laughs) Um, but yeah so the first question I start out with is uh, I'm not sure if you uh, grew up in Toronto or not but I usually ask like where did the guests grow up so I grew up in a small town called Goodwood. Okay. Um, so do you know Schitt's Creek? I do. So you know the four corners where like the cafe is and the, okay. like the basically where it's shot is where I grew up. Oh, wow. So now my small town is like somewhat famous. Um, but it's funny because it, it is very similar to Schitt's Creek, how it's, mm. how it's portrayed. So I grew up in, in Goodwood, Ontario on, on, uh, on a farm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, yeah, so uh, that'll be interesting then because if it's a small town, like most of my guests have been kind of grew up in Toronto or spent most of their life here. Um, so I like to ask about kind of stereotypes or misconceptions. What, uh, what do you think is maybe like one of the biggest misconceptions or stereotypes about small towns or Goodwood more specifically? <laughs> Well, I think that there there is a, a stereotype that they're quite homogenous, um, and that part of that is is I think true. But I, I really think that that is a, that is changing now. Like there's a lot more um, people from different backgrounds, or like people who move from different places to move to small towns now. So I think that the small town that I grew up in is not the small town that it is today. Um, I guess there's also some misconceptions that that there's perhaps like some closed mindedness. Um, with people living in small towns and I, I would say that you know that can happen anywhere and, and there's, there's going to be people who are very open-minded and people who are closed-minded in small towns just as in big cities so I think that's probably a misconception as well. Yeah definitely um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to do our land acknowledgement or at least the land acknowledgement for Toronto. Uh, Toronto or Tecoronto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a dish with one spoon treaty territory and we are uninvited visitors on this land. Uh, I didn't know if, uh, I'm not sure if um, Goodwood kind of falls in the same uh, region or not, or if you had a chance to kind of look that up at all. I haven't looked that up, and I think it's something that I I really do need to do, given that uh, that's where I grew up. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I guess that can be your homework for the show. That is my homework. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so with that said... um, uh, yeah, when I when I reached out to you to come on to the show, I knew that you were a naturopath uh, or a naturopathic doctor, I should say, but I had literally no idea what else you did. And then you sent me this list and an email and it's just like, <laughs> so um, yeah, can you uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, some of the, like, just a little bit more about the things that you do and how you got into them? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, when when I love the idea of like hat collecting because I, I think I've said it in my life many times. So I wear a lot of hats. Um, so yes, I I'm a naturopathic doctor. I own a clinic downtown, and um, how I got into the career that I ended up in was, you know, really I, I in my early twenties I, I realized that one of the things that I'm passionate about is creating creating positive societal change like like how can we you know create you know a better place and space for everyone and our environment and then i i came across naturopathic medicine and i thought well isn't that really cool how you can really take an individualized approach to someone's health and if we make individual impact a lot of individual impact can can then you know help our society be a lot healthier, happier, and more connected. Um, so I, that's kind of what brought me to that. I never saw myself working in healthcare, but I love people and I love helping people. So it, it, it really found me in a way. Um, I, I, um, I'm very fortunate that I, I had that happen, you know, while I was in university, I, I came across this career path and, and I really went forward with it. Um, and as for motorcycle riding, that's a funny story. Like I really never thought, a lot of things I really never thought that I would end up doing, but um, you know, a good friend of mine got into riding a motorcycle and she's like, oh, you'd have so much fun. You should do it. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I just got a dog. Like, how am I going to put my dog on a motorcycle? And she's like, you can do it. You can do, you can put a dog on a motorcycle and that's well, we'll see. And so I just had an opportunity to buy a, a small motorcycle. And uh, I said, you know what, if, if I can swing this and, and do the course and pass it, I'll, I'll ride with you. And uh, basically just got into it. And it was the most fun thing. And, and you know, a really cool community to be a part of. And it is a really practical uh, transport um, way of transport in Toronto. You can, you know, get around pretty quickly and efficiently and gas is cheap and insurance is cheap and you don't pay for parking, which is nuts. So I can park outside my clinic all day for free. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of fun whenever I'm on it and it's fun to, to be zipping around. So kind of got into that via friends in terms of like, you know, community initiatives and, um, and fundraising, I, I just, I, I like being a good neighbor. I like being a part of my community. And if there's, there's something that I can do to, to support, I'm always game. And then, you know, the more that you get interested in different causes or initiatives, you know, the more it becomes a part of your life. And, you know, it, there's a selfish aspect in that too. Like it feels good to help. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I've just been uh, strategically muting because I heard some some noise uh, outside. So, um, yeah, as as the the regular viewers are probably a little bit more familiar with that, I uh, I kind of have to do that a lot, but not for much longer. I'm moving very soon, and and so that sh hopefully won't be as much of a problem. <laughs> well, I think we're all used to just like being on more Zoom calls, like the amount of um you know corporate or the 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 consult calls I'm on, and like I'll see cat butts, I'll see like dogs barking or hear dogs barking you know it's a lot of more distractions when we're at home what do you think is the uh or what is a biggest misconception about uh naturopathic medicine i guess uh, one of the, the biggest misconceptions is that you have to choose one or the other like you're either working with your doctor or you're working with a naturopath and that's just simply not true um 
you know, most health needs to be collaborative and to, to have different people for different things. Um, so I, I think that that misconception that it's all or nothing is not true. Like a lot of the time I'm supporting people with the medications that they're on um, or I'm, you know, suggesting that they go back to their doctor for, for certain things. So it, it really is not natural or conventional. It's, it's, it's a collaborative effort and there's, there's a lot of, you know, conventional things that I'll do in my practice as well. Yeah, it's it's actually been pretty interesting for me. I've been mentioning this on recent episodes because this year has been like a revolution for me in terms of like diet and cooking and different things like that. And I, I realized like I was going to mention this, it might have come up anyways, but um, this idea like I know people are always like, oh, you know, you should just go get some calcium supplements or some iron supplements. But it's like, and I think you might have even said this to me at one point of just, it's so much better to just get that from your diet because then you're not just getting that you're also getting like fiber and protein and water and things. And like, you know, usually I feel like doctors do just say like, Oh, just go get some like iron supplements. And it's like, well, or you could, you know, add food with more iron in it to your diet. Like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really like a, you do need to, to think about, you know, what and why do you need to supplement if you do need to, and is there an alternative way? Right. Um, and sometimes there's a combination of both that needs to happen depending on what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I thought that was interesting because like I, I thought of it as, like I said, that my doctor usually would just be like, oh, just go and get a supplement or whatever. And I, my roommate is much more knowledgeable about this stuff and has been teaching me the the, the wise ways of, of uh, nutrition <laughs> um, aside from you, because I, um, Full disclosure, Marnie is, I have worked with Marnie. That's how I know Marnie. <laughs> we have, uh, I have consulted with her uh, several times in the past. Um, so the next question here on our uh, series is, um, when you were a child, do you remember what you wanted to be or do when you grew up? Yes, I wanted to be a hairdresser. I wanted to be a hairstylist. It was like my dream. I used to love, like I had a crimp and curl doll, which had like kind of hair that would stay in place. And I would just spend hours, like, playing with the hair styling of it. And uh, that's, like, what was my dream until about, I think I was, like, 14. And, yeah, unfortunately, my dream was kind of, like, squashed by a teacher. I, they, my teacher, I think I don't know what grade I was in. They were like, well, you need to go to university. And, you know, shouldn't just, like, like I was told that that wasn't enough. Um Regardless, like I'm happy where I am now, but it's just kind of, it's interesting, like what you want it to be. And then like the influences, uh, external influences on like whether or not that's a good idea. That is pretty much exactly why I asked that question. Uh, Cause I always find it really fascinating. Uh, like it seems I'm going to have to sit down and actually crunch the numbers one day, but it seems like most people do not end up going on to do the thing that they thought they wanted to as a kid for various reasons. Um, but speaking of hairstyling, I actually am going to be trying to get a stylist on this show. Uh, at some point. So like literally I want to interview every profession basically. <laughs> um, Cause like, yeah, what, what are all the different things that, you know, what, what, what else, what else does a stylist do that you wouldn't necessarily expect? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of part of the fun of this show. Um, so yeah, thank you for that answer. Um, yeah. So the next question, uh, again, this cultural narrative that the show is kind of unofficially built around this idea that by the age of 30, we're supposed to have everything figured out and be on the right life path that we're going to ride right to our, our, you know, last days. And, uh, as I talk to more and more people kind of in my age range, kind of in the thirties ish, um, that's, that's often not the case. Um, and so, I've been asking at what age do you think that you kind of 
finally, if, if this is the, the reality for you yet, for mm-hmm. a lot of people, it still isn't. But if you feel like you're on the right path for you now, what age were you at when you kind of first, you know, got onto that path? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I was very lucky that it was in my early 20s that uh, I realized that I wanted to pursue naturopathic medicine, even though I had really hadn't thought about it prior to or when I was in university. Um, so th- I was around 23, I think 23, 24, when, when, it, when I was like, you know what, that looks like something I'd really resonate with. Um, and I just did everything I needed to do to get the boxes ticked, to get all my prerequisites. Because uh, I had, an, I was at McGill for doing an undergraduate degree in commerce, and I was able to, you know, complete that degree with all of my electives being sciences, um, so that I could apply to to the four year naturopathic medicine uh, degree. And uh, that the rest is history. I was a student for way too long, but uh, I was I'm so lucky because you know I'm five six years into my career and like building my practice and. I truly do love it. Like I love it so much, but there's part of me that wonders if I will be in this career forever. Yeah, I, I think very, very similarly about about my own situation. Um, and and that's kind of a thing. Like we don't have to do the same thing forever. Um, you know, maybe an opportunity will will open up for you in a few years down the road, and you'll be able to kind of hop tracks. Um, but I actually was about to ask you uh, how long you've been running your practice for, and uh, you just answered it. Yeah. So um, that's cool. Um, yeah, because I have uh, the sort of officially the the kind of path that I am on started around 2013-ish. So I'm about seven years in, and I just now feel like, you know, age of 36, I just feel like I'm where I want to be and kind of on the right track. So um, yeah, what, uh, cause you were kind of on the right track fairly early, I guess, compared to a lot of my guests, but, uh, even so in your case, what would you say was one of the biggest obstacles to you maybe not getting on that track sooner or maybe not being so totally confident about it right away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always like joke that I may not be on the right or the race track, but I'm on the right track. Like nothing has like been happening overnight. Like it's been quite a build and a progression and like a evolution. Um, but so this is an interesting story about how I actually figured out what I wanted to do. I was in university doing my, my BCom and I was really not enjoying it. I, I was felt like I was going through the motions. I didn't really know what I was going to do at, after I graduated, as I think most people in undergrad, you know, have no idea. Um, if they do have an idea, I think they're, they're, they're the anom- anomalies. But I actually decided to take a year off and uh, not go back to school. And I had got, I had a, a full-time position with Air Canada as a flight attendant. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm in my early 20s. I'm going to be a flight attendant. I'll do that for a year or so. And then I'll go back to school. Um, but unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, that was 2008. And um, the big economic uh, recession or crisis happened. And I was promptly laid off uh, in that, like, I don't know, six months into my like year off. So I was unemployed. I was not in school. I was like quite uh, not in a good headspace. Like I was, I was pretty down in the dumps and um, you know, I really just didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, like, I would say that that was probably the toughest time I've I've had, you know, mentally, emotionally, because I just was really uh, aimless and didn't have much direction. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
I ended up going back to school, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this in a way that makes more sense for me. And I was part-time and uh, then I was able to like take more art classes, you know, work and just, you know, have less emphasis on the academics and more about life. And um, it was, I actually got, because I was laid off by Air Canada, I got hired back. So there was a period of my undergraduate where I was actually working, I was flying and studying, but I was studying in Montreal and flying out of Toronto. So I was flying to work on weekends so that I could fly around the world. It was very um, exhausting. And um, I was on the subway on one of my commutes and I saw a sign that said, find a naturopath. And that's where I was like, what the heck's a naturopath? Um, and I went home and Googled it. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. But essentially, I had to make a choice. I had to quit Air Canada and like pursue full-time studies again to really get all the credits I needed and, um, you know, start the, the naturopathic program. Or I could like try to do both. And I think that was an obstacle for me because I, I had this kind of fun job and I was young and traveling but at the same time, like I had this career I wanted to pursue. So that obstacle was like, I needed to let go of something to be able to pursue the other thing and to like fully quit and terminate my, my employment with Air Canada was a big decision. Cause I, I even look back now sometimes and think, you know, if I was still flying, I'd be 15 years in and doing it like right now is a different story. Everyone's laid off, but you never know what life's going to bring. But that was a thing I had to choose. I had to like let go of something that I wasn't necessarily ready to let go of so that I could pursue the career I truly wanted to do. So that actually reminds me, I try not to, to talk too much about myself on the, on the main show here, but just a little quick little anecdote, because I was, um, a friend of mine does a podcast, and a recent episode had uh, two people that had gone and taught abroad. And that reminded me how, uh, for a very brief time, I think back in probably kind of around 2013 or so, like, I just remember being really frustrated and stuck in my own life. And I just felt this, this, overwhelming need to just like completely change everything like make a big change and so I was like I was doing research I was looking into it I was considering going to South Korea to teach English I'd never done something like that but it's just like you know what I think I want to do this and I kind of changed my mind at the, the last minute and, and kind of did other things instead but that's just kind of what you <laughs> reminded me of there <laughs> um, you had to make a choice and choose it right yeah because I would have had to leave like you know everything behind and and be there for a full year it was like a year commitment you had to do and I was really unsure about that because I've never been good with with change so <laughs> um, it really you know people that knew me they're like why did you even want to do that that's so unlike you and I was like that's how like frustrated I was and I just needed something different so um, yeah, thanks for that answer. That was very, even more enlightening. <laughs> um, so another cultural narrative that I love to uh, push back against on this show is this idea of, you know, adults aren't supposed to goof around and be silly unless they're playing with kids. And, uh, you know, I just think that that's ridiculous. And I know so many people who thankfully have not lost touch with their inner child. Um, so I want to ask you, um, if you, it doesn't, you don't have to like remember exactly the last thing, but like, um, what is something recent that you did that was like silly and playful on purpose? I, I love this question because I, I, I think I'm silly often or try to be um, or just like it brings me joy. So I do it. But I my partner and I go to the gym together and it's early <laughs> right now. It's paused, but um, we go together and it, it we have to be there around 7 a.m. 
And it's like a bit of a grind to get up, but I always like to to pretend I'm a coach, like in like kind of pep talk on the way to the gym and pretend that I'm on a catwalk and like strut and like jump around because it's, no, it's so early that no one's out and it's like still dark outside. So, um, but the last time I did that, my partner is just like, hey, Marnie, do you have your running shoes? And I was like, after being silly for like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes and like almost at the gym, I was like, and I had to like run home and get my running shoes. But things like that, I just like to to kind of like feel good in my body and like dance or, you know, play around. Yeah. And like I said, when you suggested leopard print for the, uh, the, I was just like, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Like being playful with clothing is something I try to do. Like I have this. <laughs> oh my goodness! Fully, fully. It's a full onesie. Okay. Of leopard, <laughs> and you know, it's very comfortable and very practical and very fun. That's awesome. Same with this, this gold jacket. I was, you know, I, I saw it. I think I even like Googled gold motorcycle jacket, and some weird stuff came up. But I found this jacket and I thought this could go either way. It could be really cute or it could be like, and I love it. I've had it for four years. Yeah. Now I have um, I have a range of, of attire that I kind of have available for this show. Like I usually, uh, like I have some, some kind of more playful, silly stuff and then more plain kind of, I guess, more serious. And it's, it's just, I love, I, I'm trying to keep it like be a bit of a surprise and a bit of a new thing each time. Um, I don't like to so like, you know, I, I usually don't coordinate the hat thing either ahead of time. I just make sure you have one <laughs> or that the guest has. I've got three. Yeah. Got three <laughs> I have mine ready. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And on the kind of, I guess, a bit of the flip side of the playful thing, um, I've been starting to ask about self-care oh, because that's uh, super important, especially right now. And um, it's uh, like, Again, I say usually people think of self-care as like going to the spa and getting completely pampered, but it can be very simple, small acts. So Mm -hmm. uh, what was a a recent act of self-care that you did for yourself, no matter how small it was? I had a bath around noon today. Yeah, around noon. Like that's something that I'll do if I know I could shower, but having a bath is just like, even if it's quick 20 minutes, that just totally relaxes me. And, you know, I, I make a priority to, to give myself that time. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um, the last, the place I lived in before this didn't actually like, it had a tub, but it didn't have a proper faucet. So you couldn't really do a bath in there. So I've actually been able to have a couple of baths here, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely a good answer. Um, I've been having a lot more, um, kind of feel a little bit guilty about this, but I've been having hot chocolate a lot lately. That's kind of been my thing, but I try to put less of the the powder in and more water. So just a bit of the flavor, but not like full of chemicals. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the next question we're going to talk about here, what was uh, the last new thing that you learned, whether it was a skill or a piece of information and what is something that you still would like to learn, whether a skill or some kind of factor information? Um, I, I, I hesitate with like answering this question because it can be a little bit controversial, but I, I recently uh, completed my, my hunting um, certificate. Uh, I had never thought I would ever do that in my life. I just had the opportunity to, to learn more about it. And uh, I found it very fascinating. Will I hunt? We'll, we'll see if I have that opportunity, but it was just like something totally out of my sphere that I knew nothing about. 
Um, and I, now I have a different respect for it. Uh, and, and that was, you know, recent, that was most recent, very new thing I learned. Um, and then something I would like to learn, I, I, I feel like there's a lack in my life of creativity and like tangible art making. And I've been really drawn to fiber arts lately, like, uh, like weaving and different textiles and that's something that I, I would love to, to try my hand at. You should definitely do that. And it's kind of a, a really interesting coincidence uh, because Victoria from episode five, um, she also ended up wearing kind of yellow gold. It was more of like a, a mustard color, but like yellow. And she's actually a sports shooter. So um, one thing that we talked about was that like when this is all kind of over and we can actually go and do things again, I'm going to go with her. I'm, I'm hoping to go with her to like a shooting range or whatever and yeah. kind of do that. And I was just say, hey, maybe we could uh, bring you along. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like it's, it's a little I actually saw that as on your on your um, on your Instagram with like the, the different things that different hats people wore. And I thought, well, you know, there is someone who also knows about uh, shooting. Um, in a respectful and responsible way i'm sure yeah and like my dad uh still hunts um he's been a hunter for a very long time um so like again there's there is definitely a respectful way to go about that um yeah so this next question i really love the answers i've been getting for this um what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats and of course hats being skills or interests yeah i would like I, I kind of I think about this in, in terms of like my day to day and, you know, my the primary part of my day is one-on-one -on -one consults with people and where I'm like just one-on-one -on -one really looking at that individual in the context of their life and, you know, fully present with what's going on for them. And then there's this other side of my day-to-day -day life where I have to be a project manager and a clinic manager and an owner uh, and, you know, be thinking about finances and payroll and all of these things that come along with being an entrepreneur and a small business owner. And it's like very different parts of my brain sometimes it feels like. Um, but like, it's like it happens every day, every day I'm using those, those two parts of my brain. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because I certainly also wear a lot of different hats each day. Uh, and it's, you know, now I've like kind of more recently being in a new relationship and that's like a hat that I haven't really worn in a while. So it's, it's another, it's a pretty big hat to, to suddenly be putting on, but uh, it's, it's exciting. So um, yeah, it, I, I just, what the, what I've been finding from that question is that, yeah, a lot of people do kind of like if their job is, is kind of primarily using one part of their brain then a lot of their kind of other stuff kind of uses the other part and that they kind of, we all kind of need that balance. So. Yeah. And then I think it means like it's nothing's boring. If you're like, that's why we need many hats. It keeps the variety in our life and we're. Yeah, I, I think I've I've heard some people say like because uh, I I was going through some like old articles of mine and I've curated all kinds of quotes over the years and I've seen things you know like like boredom is death and things like that and if you're you're bored it's you're you're not being stimulated enough and um, that that's. That's, I definitely <laughs> agree with that sentiment. Uh, I'm probably a little bit overstimulated most of the time, but um, I mean that's that's just the way that I kind of have to be. I can't uh, I can't really handle not having much going on. It just doesn't work so well for me. But that's probably my ADHD. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess you've yeah. 
maybe we'll, we'll look at this next question more sort of pre-pandemic. I don't know mm -hmm. how much different it's going to be, but like, what was your schedule like pre-pandemic and, and did you have like a peak time of day? I, I, pre-pandemic, I, I work such a weird schedule. Like I do a little bit of early mornings, a little bit of evenings, a little bit of full days. So like on a day-to-day, -day, every day is different. But like where my brain works best is I think between 9am and noon, like I'm a morning person, I get up early, you know, I like my morning by myself, or like, if I'm going to work out, it has to be in the morning. Um, so morning is when my brain's on in the evening. <laughs> I go to bed early. And uh, sometimes I don't I can't like, I can't be that communicative after like 8pm or 9pm. I definitely relate to you on that one again. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm always excited when I when I find out that someone on the show is, is also a morning person because I feel like we're so rare. But I think that's more just a product of like, you know where to go to find night people, but finding morning people, it's, it's like you almost have to find them by accident, really. <laughs> or maybe if you like socialize with people at the gym in the morning. Yeah. Like, but like there's no there's no like night club. There's no morning clubs for morning people. <laughs> Like morning, like seven a.m. hangouts. Yeah. Well, that you Actually, do. I do have some friends that I will call in the morning because I know that they're up too. And I'll, I'll like yeah. just like Facetime a friend at seven a.m. because I know they're up. I just was reminded of this event. I don't think it's still happening, but I can't even remember the name of it to look it up. But it was kind of like it was. It's sort of that idea of like almost like um like a, a morning club, but it was like kind of yoga and dance but like it was at like uh yeah, I think like 6 30 or 7 a.m so like you specifically got up and did it before you went to work but you'd like go and actually like you know hang out with people and be active and, and kind of listen to music and and all that stuff and I never managed to go to it but I was like that is a great idea <laughs> uh, I would love that <laughs> yeah well I mean maybe maybe that's a a, a market that you can get yourself into <laughs> another hat to wear perhaps yeah, why not? <laughs> I would certainly come. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're we're cruising through here quite good. It's it's uh, it's very nice. Um, so the next question here, uh, obviously, we've all had our lives disrupted to some degree due to the pandemic. Um, but uh, there, for a lot of people that I'm talking to, and you know myself as well, there have been also positives to come out of it, and. So I've been asking uh, to, to look at kind of the bright side of the pandemic. Um, what is a silver lining or a positive new thing or change that has resulted in your life specifically because of the disruption of the pandemic? The, the, one of the biggest things for, for me, just work-wise, is that ability to do virtual work and it, it work for people. Like I, it was always kind of a push for people to do a phone consult or a virtual consult, and now it's become a little bit more... Um, you know, mainstream, if you will. And so it's afforded me the opportunity to have a more flexible work schedule. Uh, or if, you know, and not, not, when we were allowed to hang out with, you know, certain people in certain bubbles in the summer, it was nice to be able to go up to someone's, you know, place out of the city and know that if I wanted to stay longer, I could just do virtual consults. Um, so that was, that was a nice thing. And I think I'll carry that with me when I, in practice, even when things aren't, aren't required or, you know, pushed towards virtual. Um, and then another thing was I, I got back on, on uh, social media just so that I could, uh, it's the, the way that I can reach out to, you know, my, 
my patients better or like for marketing. And I had really resisted it. Um, but I've had a lot of fun with putting like creating some content and putting it out there and getting good feedback. So, you know, a silver lining, I probably wouldn't have gone, gotten back on social media. Yeah, that's social media is definitely a blessing and a curse. I feel like I'm very much on it more so because I feel like I have to be than I, I really want to be. And I've been uh, kind of too sort of pulled in different directions lately to be on as much as I usually would. But um, yeah, I like to be I have to I feel like I have to be on there to promote my stuff and because of all the different things I do. But uh, I, one thing that I am planning to look into very soon is to maybe buy some like Google ads or um, look for things like that, just to kind of help not have to, not have to be as, as much on the social media, but still be kind of getting in front of people's eyes. Mm -hmm. um, it's a second uh, job in itself. Yeah. Like, it really is a lot of work. Yeah. I'd eventually love to be able to hire an assistant, but <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So the next question here, um, again, like these are things that, that affect everybody. And so everybody has a mental health in addition to, you know, emotional health, physical health, and uh, so I like to ask the guests again, whatever you're comfortable sharing mm -hmm. or talking about, but have you dealt with any, um, and you can also talk about the other kind of health stuff, like some people have disabilities or they have other chronic illnesses, but I usually just kind of, um, I guess, couch on the mental health, um, but any of these issues that you have uh, dealt with in your life and how have you worked through them? Mm -hmm. um, I would say like, like the, the time that I was, I've had a couple like very low moments in my life emotionally like you know we could label it depression uh and there was an element whereby like you know family stepped up and was there for me and then also like I you know did the things that I needed to do and and had the resources to to you know seek seek additional support via therapy or you know my own naturopath at the time and you know really be able to to get through that. Um, you know, anxiety is something that I've also experienced, especially with regards to interpersonal relationships. Like I found it difficult to be in a partnership with someone, um, even though I wanted to be. And so working with a therapist on that. So I like, I'm very thankful that, you know, I've been able to identify when I'm not doing well, and then seek support, because you know, you learn a lot about yourself. And that helps you to be more empathetic with yourself and with other people. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I've kind of talked briefly on some of the past episodes about this. Uh, I've, uh, I've been through sort of one kind of more major depression, some sort of smaller ones. I have, you know, uh, ADHD and autism. And but yeah, just something I, I like to talk about it kind of more openly and positively and, and just uh, give everyone a chance to because you know, I feel like the more people here, like, you know, look at someone who's successful, who runs their own business, but oh, they, you know, they were, uh, they've had great times. Yeah. <laughs> And I just want people to know that like they're not alone. And if they think that, because I think people think if you're successful, then you've never had these kinds of problems. And that's definitely not true. So um, thank you for that. And the next question here, um, you kind of touched on a little bit there, but I guess we'll go into a little bit more uh, broadly. Um, so I've been asking about relationships because obviously the close relationships in our lives uh, do also really matter in terms of our trajectory and our timelines and the sort of example that I give is that my dad really wanted me to go into the trades and my mom was a lot more supportive of my artistic side even though she did say you know yeah it's probably going to be harder for you to to kind of support yourself off mm -hmm. of that 
And like, it doesn't have to specifically just be, uh, you know, your parents or your family members, but I say the close relationships in your life. So that can even be your, your best friends or, um, for some people like roommates or whatever. But, uh, in terms of your, your kind of goals and your, um, your sort of, uh, yeah, I guess mainly kind of like goals and your, your path, um, the close relationships in your life, uh, how have they kind of been in terms of like support or guidance or things like that? Yeah, like I, I would say I'm, I'm really lucky because I have a lot of people who have been my cheerleader. Um, like my mom is one of those people. Like she's always, you know, you showered me with like uh, pray, not praise, but just like being there for me and like you know said, you know, if you think that's the right thing that you need to be doing, like never dissuaded me from something. And she's joked that she's like, sometimes I think I enable you, Marnie. Was it a good idea to get a dog? And I'm like, yes, mom. I love this dog. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of friends who, when I was starting my, my practice, who, you know, they were the first to, to recommend me to their, their friends and family and, you know, really be in my, you know, in my, my world cheering me on. Um, and then I've also struggled with, you know, some people who are close to me, like maybe my brothers and my dad, where they didn't really understand the career path I was taking uh, and said some negative things which hurt a lot when it comes from the people that you love or, but then at a certain point you can't, uh, you can't expect them to understand and, or expect to get the, what you want from them uh, in terms of what your choices are. And I think I still struggle with that in certain aspects, but, uh, but for the most part, I've been like quite supportive. Yeah, that's really good. And I'm glad you kind of touched on that because I, I know that the, the, the question's kind of framed of like, you know, how have you been supported? But I, I want, I'm glad that you kind of brought up that, you know, your brother and your dad maybe aren't as supportive as you'd like, because that is the reality for a lot of people that they don't have the same supports that we might have. And so again, I want people to know like, okay, you're, you're not alone. And maybe if you're and also to make people aware of like, okay, if, if this is the way that people are kind of reacting to you and your, your stated goals and things, then that's like a red flag and you should kind of be aware like, oh, I deserve better or this person's not uh, the, the best person to maybe have uh, close in my life right now because they're kind of like, you know, holding me back or hindering me, you know, affecting the confidence. So that's sort of both to like say like, okay, what ways do people get supported and what things should they look out for so that they can identify the the kind of positive um uh, influences i guess in their life and maybe the ones that they should try to like put a bit more of a buffer with um so thank you for that you covered both of those very well <laughs> um so the next question here um i preface this by saying that obviously like we've all failed at things in our lives and uh failure doesn't always have to be like because usually we learn something from it you would hope that you learn learn from it so um i ask uh what is something that you you failed at in your life or that didn't go the way that you hoped, but you ultimately learned something really valuable from it? And what was that if you are okay to share? Yeah, um, it, it's funny because I, I am like a, a stubborn, determined person who's like failure is not an option. Like I always like push through. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I also feel like I'm fairly good at recognizing when something's not working and to not force it, um, which perhaps has like avoided some, you know, failure down the road by just, you know, pivoting quicker than, you know, pushing something too hard. Like I failed, I failed my motorcycle test. I had to do that twice. 
And, you know, I think when you fail little things or you fail, like perhaps it would be a big thing. It's all relative. Like that could have really, you know, dissuaded someone from pursuing it. I was like, well, I got to do it again. So I don't, I, I don't have a very strong relationship with fa- failure, but I, I would resonate with the fact that like, I think I'm afraid of it, but so much so that I really try to avoid it at all costs, which, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's probably arguable, but I, I would say that I'm, I'm a long game person. Like I'm always thinking about the long game. So those little failures, those little hiccups, like going, you know, going into debt or like, you know, having to, to to backtrack a little or, you know, think about things a different way. I don't see those as failures. I just see them as part of that process to, to get where you, to get to where you eventually want to be. Yeah. And I was going to say like with you uh, starting your own practice, I'm sure that that was uh, not something you're just like, Oh, nothing could possibly go wrong with this. And I think like, um, with, with some, with some of the things that we have to decide to do, like there's, you know, maybe like there's this much kind of fear, but then like you're knowing that it's the right thing and that you want to do it. Maybe it's just slightly enough above it that you can, you can push past the fear. And sometimes you, maybe the fear is still too much and you still have to kind of work yourself up to it. Um, like for me, like when I first started this show, the thought of like reaching out to some of my like dream guests was like, Oh my God, they're just, they're, they're going to be like, get away, leave me alone. I don't know who you are. And, and now that I've gotten a little further in, I'm like, okay, people are really responding positively. So if I reach out to one of my dream guests, they might actually be like, oh, this sounds really cool. I'd love to do that. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I, I've really evolved in that sense a lot over my life. I'm aware that I used to be much more um, like afraid and, and it took me a lot longer to kind of work up to doing things. Um, like I've I think I've said before, I was very a very late bloomer socially. And so I was in my kind of like mid 20s before I really started to feel more comfortable and confident just talking to strangers. And especially, you know, asking girls out. That was <laughs> that was all but you know, the more times you kind of do something you're afraid of, you you kind of the fear gets less and less as you see, like, oh, this isn't as bad as I was afraid it would be. Um yeah, so uh, the next question here, we're getting close to the end. Um, so I'd like to ask uh, the guests if if you are you know willing to do so, if you uh, want to offer advice. Uh, there's three groups that we're looking at. You can give them all the same advice or you can give separate advice to each one. But I say, what advice would you give to a teenager? What advice would you give to a 30-something? And what advice would you give to an elder like or a grandparent? So to a teenager, I would I would tell them to journal. Because I wish that I had written down like how I was feeling and my thoughts and like what was going on as a teenager. Because I look back and your memories are pretty foggy. But like that's a time in life where you like feel so much and can't process it. And I think it like just that would probably be a helpful tool. And also then once you've like, I wish I could read my like 16 year old journal. So if you're a teenager, write your thoughts and feelings and what you're doing and your day to day down because it's just would be good process and also fun to look back on. Um, for people, you know, my age, I'm 33. Um, I think this is a time in, in, in people's lives in their 30s where they're like, am I doing it right? What if like, should I be, you know, for a lot of people who want to have a child, they're like, Oh, man, I should do this when, when what if it can't happen, like all these things. Um, and I have a motto, which is a lot can happen in a year. 
And just to know that as a truth and to, to kind of take that pressure off of trying to be where you're not. And then for, you know, a grandma or an older person, I would tell them to, you know, really take care of themselves better. Um, like, don't let go of your health just because you're now, you know, in that last chapter um, that you can grow old healthy. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of uh, that's a big gap in our healthcare is, is how we take care of people when they're older. Definitely. And that was really great, succinct advice. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, again, like I was saying to you in the pre-show lobby, that as I collect more and more answers from different people to the same questions, I'm going to start to like build, you know, either like uh, splice it into like a, a compilation of, of the clips or make like a graphic with, the, you know, the different things. So uh, that's why I'm really appreciating getting these different uh, takes and different answers. Um, so now we get the chance for you to ask me a question. I don't know if I, uh, if I preface this already that a lot of people have asked me, uh, you know, like why, why I started this show and what I hope to get out of it. Um, if you want me to, I can give like a brief explanation of that, but I'm hoping that you can ask me something I'll different. Ask you something different. Um, I want to know, Lacey, what was your, your pandemic silver lining? This feels like a kind of a, a cop-out answer, but the, the truth actually was that I was uh, getting ready to start the original incarnation idea of this show in like kind of February. And literally just as I was about to start like, you know, messaging friends and being like, okay, let's, let's do this. Uh, then everything shut down. And so that couldn't happen. And so that delayed this by a few months. But by the time I was like, I was like, yeah, I definitely need to do this. I, I can't like wait any longer. Um, I the idea had changed, and I had a different, and it became what it is now because I, it was originally going to be called Polymath Corner, <laughs> and it was going to be I was going to try to only interview other generalists, like people that do a lot of different things. But I realized that making something with more broad appeal was a lot better idea, and so that I kind of did that. Um, I guess obviously the other one would be um, kind of being in a new relationship uh, very recently that literally only happened because of the pandemic. <laughs> um, so that's another one. Um, there's, I guess there's a few other things, but uh, it's, I feel a little bit kind of guilty as well because I've had a really good year all considered. Like there's been some downsides, but I, I really can't complain very much. And I know a lot of my friends have really struggled and had a, a hard year. So um, that's also, I'm trying to, you know, share whatever kind of wealth and happiness and positivity that I can as a way to kind of give back. It's like there were, there were quite a few. Yeah. Linings, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, like, I think, and you probably experienced this somewhat too in your own life that when you, when you do kind of make that effort to kind of do something or create something that can benefit others, like it does tend to kind of, you know, like, not that I necessarily believe in like karma, but like, you know, think if you put out positive, it's, it's generally, you know, good yeah. things will come back. Um, so yeah, the last sort of official question here, are there any uh, specific causes or charities that you would like to raise awareness of or promote? Definitely. I am uh, a big supporter of Sistering, which is a uh, drop-in center for uh, women in Toronto. And it's open, even though it's a drop-in center, it really does function more like a shelter. It's on any given night, there's many, many women sleeping in there on yoga mats or in chairs. Um, and I think it's just a, a, you know, a very important part of our community. 
And um, I also uh, recently came across this year the Cheney Wenjack uh, found or the Downey Wenjack um, Foundation, which is a foundation that helps to um, create great action towards reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people um, via learning resources at schools and for the general pu- public. Um, and so uh, this this past uh, October, I did the walk for Wenjack. So I ch- challenged myself to, to do 60K of different hikes. And I raised about a thousand bucks. So that was fun. And also there's a cool um, initiative in Toronto called 12 Donations, which collects menstrual or period products um, and then distributes them to menstruators who need them. Excellent. Um, yeah, I, uh, what I do with, with these is uh, each show we kind of get a chance to kind of highlight a different uh, cause or charity. And so I put it in the end of the episode uh, in kind of one of the, the end credits uh, screens. And I also have a section on the website specifically for all these, both the general ones that, that the show supports, as well as the ones that have been kind of brought forward by the guests. So uh, you brought several, and thank you for that. <laughs> uh, it was really great. Um, yeah, so at this point, I give the chance to, because uh, I know we've t- talked a little bit about the social media stuff. So uh, anything that you want to plug now, as far as where people can find you, or, um, you know, it doesn't even have to just be that, but yeah, you can plug away now. <laughs> Well, you can find me. I'm, I'm very Googleable because uh, Marnie Luck is, I think there's only one of me, which is great. Um, so all my handles are at Marnie Luck. My website is www.marnieluck.com. Uh, my email is info at marnieluck.com. So I'm sure if you want to find me, you'll find me. And you're welcome to, to follow me on, on any, any platform. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will give a vouch for particularly Instagram. I was just uh, looking at your Instagram earlier and saying, "Man, this is this is both fun and educational." So it's like right up my alley. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, I, uh, as as the listeners and the viewers know by now, I have lots of different things going on. I have my my merch site, redbubble.com/people/artemiscreates, and those are all original designs that you can get on shirts and mugs and all kinds of different things. And a lot of them are transgender and LGBTQ centric which is not necessarily on purpose, but it is what it is. Uh, That's where the inspiration was at the time. Um, I have the Curiosity Guides, which is a series of educational eBooks that are all available for free. They are PDFs. You can go to curiosityguides.com. You can download those, any of the ones you're interested in. There's a lot of different topics, which probably makes sense. Um, I'm having, I'm going to be publishing a, um, my first, uh, hopefully not my only my first, but my first uh, short fiction novel in December. Um, the, t- I, the title is not official yet, but it's very probably going to be called Parker and Tucker, and it's a kind of a detective novel. Um, but so that's going to be available. And of course, I'll have the, the links in the description and everything. And of course, I have my music on uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff, uh, Artemis Creates. And uh, if you want to be so kind as to leave a uh, like and review for the show on iTunes, that would be very appreciated. And otherwise, uh, we'll be hopping over to Patreon soon to do our bonus episode. So that's the other one, patreon.com slash Creates. And that's my whole spiel. <laughs> uh, now we get to do the, the, the part that everyone looks forward to, I'm sure. Uh, I certainly do. We get to uh, put on hats and, and have a bit of fun for a couple minutes and then say goodbye. <laughs> so I don't know what hats you have, but I have one ready here. I have one ready, too. All right. One second here. 
Uh, oh my gosh, I should have known. <laughs> so I got this. <laughs> oh no. I don't can you hear me still? Yes, I can. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. We're so, both wearing helmets. Yeah. Whoops. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell the, uh, the viewers and the listeners, I will confess that uh, when I first started doing the show, I did have a decent number of hats, but most of them were purple. So I specifically went out of my way kind of around just before Halloween and I went and bought like from thrift stores. So it was nice and cheap, but I went and bought um, probably about like 20 or 25 new hats to, to make sure I had at least one in every different color and fun, a few different styles so that I'd be pr pretty well prepared for this. So um, I was waiting for the next time that, that yellow or gold would come up so that I could wear this. Um, oh yeah, sorry for the listeners who can't see this, I have to describe it. So I'm wearing a yellow construction helmet and Marnie is wearing a white and black motorcycle helmet. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, were not quite the two of the village people here, but uh, <laughs> sort of close, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so now we, oh yeah, you probably want to take that off. It's probably not comfortable to keep on for a while. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, I'll put, on, I'll put on my other hat. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Very stylish. Now Marnie is wearing an orange toque. I have one more cause it's cute and it's okay. like another hat that I actually wear. It's my, um, it's my dog mom hat. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> and I do, I wear it every day to the dog park. That's so dog. cute. Yeah. Oh, I actually kind of wish that I have a hammer, but it's not close enough to grab because I was going to like hold it up just for the <laughs> for the visual, but I can't because it's too far away. Um, oh, well, that's the thought that counts. Getting hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you for indulging. My hat back on. Okay. And uh, yeah, so like I said, we're going to hop over to uh, the bonus episode now. So if you want to hear a little bit more from Marnie and we have uh, another shorter set of questions that we do on the bonus episode, uh, hop over to patreon.com slash Artemis creates and uh, you can watch that. Cause that one is video. Uh, that one doesn't come in an audio only podcast. So <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for watching until next time. This has been another episode of hat collecting. Keep collecting those hats and stay curious. Yeah.